Welcome to You're the Boss, a mantra for anyone who's ever had to face their own fears, struggles, and even failures. Join host Larry Roberts for a deep dive into overcoming limiting beliefs and identifying where our pasts can shape us rather than define us to build a lifestyle and business filled with passion and purposeful leadership. Now your host, Larry Roberts. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of You're the Boss, where we talk about ways that you can actually be the boss. And my guest today, he is a former MTV executive. I think he was with MTV from like 98 to 2007, been involved in just about any show you can imagine that has been a hit on MTV. He's had his hand in that particular cookie jar. And one of the things that he specializes in is discoverability. Now, when we're trying to build a brand, when we're trying to grow our business, if you're a podcaster and you're trying to grow your show, whatever it may be, discoverability and exposure, that's our biggest challenge. And Vinny Potestivo, did I even say that right, Vinny? I'm going to edit it. that. Nailed it. I nailed, nailed it. it. Look at that. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just leave that in. So Vinny Potestivo is with us today to talk about ways that we can leverage our personal brands and our business brands to get more discoverability, get ourselves out there in front of more eyes and in more ears and just get that exposure that we're all looking for. So Vinny, welcome to the show. Yo, thanks for having me, Larry. Yo, as in Yo MTV Raps. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's where, it's where it comes from. There's this like innate Brooklyn-ness to me. I'm from Staten Island. I live in Brooklyn now, but there's there's like innate New Yorker version of me that that uh, the accent comes out when I am inspired, when I am hungry. And after a couple of beverages, that's when the accent comes out. <laughs> I, I, I may have some inner New Yorker in me when I get hungry. I tend to, yeah. you know, hangry really speaks to me. So yeah, you you you, you got to try the gabagol. You yeah. know? <laughs> Very Tony Soprano I, of you. I appreciate, by the way, the not it's fun thinking of MTV back back quote unquote back in the day where where television was necessary for creative storytelling. It's crazy to think about how far we've come now, uh, especially as storytellers. People, we ourselves as storytellers who own our stories thinks mostly in part to podcasting intellectual property that we own yeah. as opposed to in the late nineties when I was at MTV for 10 years and, and I did get to work with like the biggest storytellers that are still impacting stories today, but, but they had to go through TV back in the time. And I don't, I don't take my perch lightly. Um, I learned so many stories. I, I learned, you know, that the oven is hot and I do not need to burn myself from <laughs> some of the best. I mean, I learned focus, from Beyonce, I learned investing in myself from Nick Cannon. I learned the power of collaboration from Snoop Dogg. I, I mean, you can't you can't get these life skills uh, uh, the way I do, except for now. Now, now, literally, thanks in part because they have control over their story. Yeah, and they no longer have to go through TRL or live some sort of uh, television network to get their story. They have the ability. We have the ability to get our words out there, and it's a powerful time. If you identify as the word creator, if you if you know what power comes with the word creator, meaning uh, someone who is not only just uh, thinking of of what to put out in the world, but actually putting it out in the world, whether it's oral or video or text or how whatever medium 
we sort of have now, but there's more, more fun mediums than ever. And you, and again, you get to own it. Social audio, you own podcasting, you own, uh, uh, some video series, depending on how you publish them, right. You know, you own, and, and this, it's a powerful time for us to leverage what we're creating to help us get discovered, right? So that we don't got to wait. I'm using my accent. We don't got to wait. We don't got to wait. wait. You're not the boss of me. You don't tell me when I get discovered. I tell you. I tell you where I want to be, how I want to be, who I want to be discovered. We have so many choices now that we can take. And I'm, I'm inspired to share that with people. That's cool. And it, it kind of, you know, we were going down a discoverability path at first, but you've kind of sparked an interest in me because I was having a conversation earlier. Uh, matter of fact, it was this morning at like 5 a.m. Texas time on, on Clubhouse. I got up early for this Clubhouse room because there is an amazing podcasting Clubhouse room five days a week. So if you're into podcasting and you want to learn about podcasting, find that room on Clubhouse. Uh, it, it's great. So I was there as a, as a moderator this morning. And part of the conversation that came up was, are we truly discoverable? You know, as as creators, and we're, we're leaning into that word a little bit, whether you're creating reels, whether you're an Instagram model, or whether you're over on TikTok, or whether you're a podcaster or a YouTuber, and really a lot of that is all synonymous. In all honesty, you're still just creating content. And I think there's con- the content creator is becoming kind of an ambiguous term that means a lot. Mm-hmm. But One of the trends that I'm seeing right now and a lot of other people are seeing is that a lot of these creators that have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers, a lot of it's fake. A lot of it's fake. And a lot of the people that I look at as these influencers and these creators that I had a ton of respect for, as I've gotten more involved in the industry over the years, it's pretty easy to recognize fake when you see it. And so many of them are fake. So I guess my question to you right now, Vinny, is are we truly even here and going into 2023 is discoverability something that still is tangible for an independent creator? Let me put it this way. Yo, those fake bots that you are talking about. Are, are, are eating up our discoverability. So not only do I, am I going to triple and quadruple and, and double down, whatever, whatever direction you want me to go in on our ability to get discovered. I'm going to point out that technology, that data not only confirms that we're discoverable, but they're creating ways to take that discoverability away from us. Now, now discoverability, if you were to look at it as a math equation, I like to sort of say discoverability is visibility times the action of sharing. And I landed on the act. I used to be the, an, an action, but I realized the most valuable universal action that we can take is sharing. If I think you are the best podcaster in the world, the most valuable thing I can do is share that with my family, my mom, my like-minded coworkers, the people that I go that are in my youth group, my, my ex, my, I, I need to, sh- I need to, t- I need to take your language, your words and get it into my universe to change, to change my reality. Yeah. And that starts a lot of it with, with just simple, simple words and, and understanding of energy. Um, if you have uh, visibility without the global, you know, the galactic version of, of sharing, visibility without sharing, that's entertainment and education. And I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Entertainment is a little harder for me to swallow because entertainment means that uh, you're, wa- you're watching content, but truly the most valuable piece of this content are the ads inside the entertainment form. If that's where I'm, if that's where I'm pulling like monetary value out of. So 
I have a hard time bringing ads into my podcast just because I come from TV. Sure. And what I don't want to do is tell you to watch a show for a half hour just so you can watch seven minutes of Axe body spray commercials <laughs> and then go out and get your Axe on. <laughs> and by the way, that's like a weird way to say it. I, don't, I didn't mean for that to be like a, a bad different. way. Yeah. <laughs> took, a, took a turn at the end on that one. Um, <laughs> bad, uh, but the bad energy, bad, bad, bad verb to turn a brand into a, a verb. Um Education, you know, this idea of education without sharing is I want you to, you know, think about when we're at school, when we're being taught to, we're asked to focus. We do homework afterwards. We share afterwards. So we're learning and then sharing comes after for discoverability to happen. And I think a great example is, is a weird, in a weird way is Michael Buble. You know, my mom. <laughs> takes credit for Michael Buble. I think maybe, maybe a lot of, maybe a lot of people's moms might feel this way, but he was on a Christmas show. Okay. And all he did was sing his music on a Christmas show. My mom tuned in to a Christmas show. He made himself available on a Christmas show specifically so that he can get discovered. And by the way, what better way to discover Michael Buble than around the holiday time with the warmth of family and the warmth of his voice. And you can start to see how, how strategic the people looked at his talent skill set and looked at ways that we could celebrate that. Sure. And it's it makes sense that it would come out around Christmas. Why? Because the album was deeply discounted. So after my mom watched the special, she went and told all my all of youth group. And then she went to Walmart and bought 10 albums of it. And we all got it in our stockings. She shared, she shared his likeness. She shared the album. She's probably she's sharing merch. Um, she's sharing stories, you know, yeah. and, and, and the, the weird thing about discoverability that I'd like to point out is that there, and, and ego is often something that is, is frowned on. And there's usually a negative sort of association with feeding into the ego, but here's, here's where the ego feeds into discoverability. When you give someone those pieces to share, when you give, when Michael Bublé gave my mom the ability to be the person to discover Michael Bublé by buying the album, by sharing the experience, that, that empowered her and her ego to create value in her social system that was her truth. And all he did was give her options. All he did was say, hey, I, I, I made these things and if you want to buy them and share them, they're, they're for, for you to do. And I think that we can learn so much as podcasters. And not just, I mean, I can certainly niche down and talk about podcasting as, as, a, as an economy. I, I appreciate how the podcasting economy fractures most economies. I, I think it's more interesting how does an accountant or a lawyer or a boutique owner use podcasting to make themselves more discoverable, more shareable? Yeah. Uh, different size, you know, out of the gate, I would say maybe different size length episodes. Uh, if I'm looking at three episodes from you and I have to figure out which one to listen to, I might pick the one that's the shortest, to be really honest. Especially probably, as a new listener, right? Especially as somebody that's just now starting to consume your brand and consume your oh, content. Yeah. They're going to just want to get a kind of a taste test. A taste. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. A and also those tastes, that taste will give me an experience that I can go to work and be like, oh, I just listened to the Trust podcast. Oh, I got Larry told me the things. Vinny told me how to get discovered. And now, but it's also easy to share. It's as easy, as easy as it was to consume and implement that advice. It now is easy to share. So um, real quick, awards. what I'm hearing yeah. you say there is that your mom found mm -hmm. value in sharing. 
Absolutely. And Michael Bublé leveraged the perfect opportunity. See, I think I learned from about Michael Bublé on South Park, to be honest with you. But, but, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but he leveraged an opportunity to reach his niche core type audience with his type of content that he creates. And that in turn gave your mom a sense of value because she found value in what he had done. She found pleasure in what he had done. And she wanted to share that with other like-minded individuals or potentially like-minded individuals. And she mm -hmm. felt great sharing that because she felt that she provided value to those that she shared this with. I'm following that, correct? All along the way. And, yeah. and, and that value to her, right, too. And that value to her as sure. well throughout the journey. Sure. So, and that's, a, that's on a pretty grand scale. And mm -hmm. I, I, one of the things that I see that a lot of people have a hard time doing is taking concepts that we discuss on a podcast and being able to laser focus, focus those to be able to apply it to their own either business or content or whatever it may be. So taking something from uh, such a grand scale as Michael Buble and being able to filter that down into Larry Roberts, how, how, does some, how would someone take something like that? a similar scenario and create content that would be someone else would see value in because I often hear podcasters complain, oh, you, you know, I'm in the podcasting space. That's what I do. So in, in traveling over the last 18 months, I've been all over the country and talked to a ton of different podcasters. And one of the biggest problems is getting people to share their content. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that one of the reasons that they're having such a difficult time sharing, getting people to share their content is because, well, there's, just not much value in the content to be shared. I think that it's a to be honest. I think the in the error, the hard time we're having now is the it's a platform. I think it's the platforms in which we're being asked to share. Um, can I share podcast? You know, uh, uh, information on Instagram. Yeah. Do I have I built you know an audience over years that could potentially connect with you? Yeah. Am I seeing tremendous? growth come from anything Instagram related in terms of podcasts for me personally? No. Um, but people share, you know, so, so part of, part of that question that you asked also infers that the person who is asking to be shared is seeing those shares. And I think that visibility is something that I like playing with in terms of discoverability. So, okay. so to answer the question, one of the ways that I might recommend a brand new podcaster out of the gate, get discovered is through aggregation. So ag aggregation is, is calling is, is sorting through and calling curating a list, right? Is aggregation. And, and after I aggregate, after I pull say 10 blogs about uh, podcast marketing. And, and I, by the way, I skipped, I skipped, a, I skipped a couple of things here. One of the reasons why as a new podcaster, I would recommend converting podcast episodes into blogs is the use of blog aggregation, blog aggregation. For example, cues is a, is a blog aggregator. I use when I go in the morning to queue maybe after listening to the, your, your clubhouse, and I want to read 10 articles about podcast marketing, I've already got them lined up for me. I, I'm not finding those articles based on the title, the 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 guests, the artwork, the font, all of, all of that stuff that we spend. You know, I'm not saying it's not important, it's right, really right, right, important. right, right. But I found a way to make your content more valuable by focusing on the content and not the branding. That I can remove the brand from the asset 
of value and lead with that asset of value. So by getting your blog that's inspired about your podcast, by getting your blog in this blog aggregator, which is which I use is called Q. Um, uh, by the way, if, you, if you'd like to get in, I, I can give you the link afterwards. And if people want to learn how to how to do what I'm doing, we'll share links that way. But cool. but there, there's a way to get into that link and then get discovered. So that this way, people are are finding you at a point in time when they're looking for the information that you're sharing first and foremost, right? So the reason why Michael Bublé stood out with my my mom sat down and watched a TV show. There was a value proposition to her. She was going to get something out of it, regardless of, of what she was seeing and what she saw. She was, it was tangible and able to move. And I think that that, that, that act of not to say being omnipresent, but being omni aware of what possibilities could happen from your audience, what steps your audience can take after being initially you know, introduced to you. So that's why I like block aggregation. Um, so by the way, there's, there's publication, which happens, you know, most of us know Podbean and anchor. So like I'm on, on, we, we publish our episodes, we amplify them on social media, mm-hmm. but aggregation is this is a, is a different bucket, so to speak from what we're talking about. And I know I can make an impact there because I've got thousands of English speaking blogs that are looking for this, these conversations pulling from the single source. And in, in a really weird way, I'm like describing to people what blogs are, even though we used to use blogs to describe what podcasting is, is the whole idea of RSS. Yeah. This, yeah. You know, I grew up, I grew up, needing needing the tv guide i need the tv guide i don't know what's on tv sure but the future of content is all on request and trust i trust that larry's going to have great content i'm going to follow it because when new episodes come out i need to be pinged and alerted that that information i want that information to come to me and and what we're doing in podcasting the impact it's going to have on television we're already ahead of the game if we understand the value in subscribing and following and having that relationship with content, let alone the power of people. So it, it, it sounds like you're leaning heavily into content where a lot of podcasters and content creators are leaning heavily into their brand. And yes. I, I think the big disconnect there is that most of the content creators that are out there, while they're wanting to lean on their brand, they don't even have a brand. And, and I don't say that to be disrespectful to the people that are out there that are doing that. Larry Roberts just stumbled on his quote-unquote brand over the last year. And it stu- I stumbled on it because of the content and the value that I was bringing to the forefront. The brand itself of what the red hat means, it, it, it came through on its own purely by accident. And yeah. now they're recognizing that as my brand so much so that I've transitioned my company name to Red Hat Media. So that's happened and it, it's been an amazing impact, but it wasn't the brand that I was leveraging. It was the content and the knowledge that I was bringing to the forefront that then perpetuated the birth of the brand, which is kind of the direct opposite of what we typically mm-hmm. see in the podcast space and from content creators. Well, right. The difference I think is in branding and brand and, and, and in podcasting, those two words get really tightly assumed. Yes. But let me, let me make it very clear. Yes, please. You have full control over branding. You pick your font, your color, what color hat, how you want to wear your hat. You have full control over your branding over your brand. You have no control, right? You have zero, you have zero, you can put energy out and pieces out there, but ultimately it's left to the interpretation of an audience that, that is unfortunately the reality of your brand. It's a perception. 
I realized that in TV, look, so here I come, like with my unscripted reality TV stuff instantly, like Bring it. in the night, in the nineties, what we did at MTV with the Osbournes and newlyweds, we recorded people making conscious decisions, choices in their life that were elevated you know, for television. They were elevated, but they were still, it's still reality. And if none of those episodes aired, none of that reality would have been changed. Even though all that work was done, millions of dollars spent on episodes and development and producers and talent, if not one single eyeball saw any of that content, reality wouldn't have been changed. And I could, I realized that MTV, we could help people take, take a control of their narrative. I mean, to get to be one of the people that helped Jessica Simpson stop the media world from scrutinizing women in media and say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm getting married. I'm not going to be what everyone thinks um, um, uh, maternal instincts aren't kicking in the wife with the responsibility of a wife supposed to be. And I'm not Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears, and I'm not a dancer like them or little, like all these things that she wasn't. And what MTV did was say, well, let's give her 30 minutes. They give her 30 minutes once a week to, to tell her story. And we did it with the Osbournes. Mm -hmm. And then with Ashton, the coolest part about working with Ashton on Punked was, was working with an actor who didn't want to be seen as like the golden actor, you know, hot for higher talent. He, he truly wanted to show how capable he was of creating. So, so punked was never about him trying to have a show on TV. It was always about taking him to the next level. And I think that's why punked is not a prank show. Punked is like, how could you believe in the audacity of reality that any of this, you know, there's a grandeur, to it. And, and when you, uh, you know, getting, getting to work with those types of storytellers er, early on where I saw them take the opportunity because of a recording mm -hmm. to put, um, how about they put better choices in front of them? People will say, Oh, well it's reality TV. So of course that's why you gave them X, you know, they had to choose X or what. Yeah. How lucky that we just got to put better choices in front of them. And that's how we used to have to do it with TV. You know what the best news about this is? You don't have to wait for a TV show anymore to put better options in front of you. And you can own your content yeah. and, 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 and thrive as opposed to needing a green light from some TV network that's going to gate your content and then have advertisers tell you how you should or should not be sharing your story. Uh, to me, that's, that almost sounds, I can't believe reality TV was as big of a, a genre in programming as it was considering how frustrating and how little rights there are associated with that, with, with it, to be really honest. Uh, I believe in the power of people. I think podcasting came at a, at a right time where, where we needed to trust each other more, where, where value, where value is in between us more so than the amount of episodes that I can produce because the amount of impact that we can create in this one episode yeah. is exponential. And I, what I don't ever want to do is find myself in a situation as a podcaster where, um, I'm being paid to do something I love. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to let my creativity take me to a place anymore where I gate what I do, what I love doing, where I gate it by being paid for it. And then only getting to do what I do when people are paying me for it. I'm not saying um, that I don't get paid enough or frequently. I just don't want other people to control when I do my happy shit, like right. my time. Like right. I, I get that with podcasting. I get to be a talent manager and a developer. I get to be a sounding board. I get to be a marketer. All of those jobs that I've held in the past, respectfully, 
in a very consolidated amount of time. And I, I think and it's an impact. I think it's amazing that you're going down that path because I, and, and you, you stress that the, the real value prop is between you and I, you know, it, it's us as the creators and it's us as the content creators and the publishers. Uh, Cause I kind of fell into a groove just earlier this year. You know, I kind of put my podcast, I mean, kind of, I did. I put my podcast basically on hold. I just hit the pause button and yeah. didn't publish anything since like April. And I've only been publishing now. Here we are. It's uh, October 25th is when we're recording this episode today. But I've only published two episodes prior to you and I recording right now uh, since I came back. So I came back the middle of, uh, of October. And it was because I found that there were no relationships being created in the style that I was creating my podcast previously. And yeah. I found no value in that whatsoever. Neither did yeah. anybody listening to the show because it was just transactional. People yeah. were coming on the show not to establish a relationship, not to continue the conversation after the fact, but to just make an appearance on a podcast. They're on a podcast tour. And yeah. I started feeling basically like just a used infomercial. And yeah. I'm like, yo, I, I shared like I shared secrets about my mom with you. And like you just want to talk about transactional implementable advice. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're not getting the bigger picture of what I what, you don't get the bigger. There, first off, that feels, feels very short term. Right. Like, oh, it is. You, you, it's not like, sustainable. No, it wasn't sustainable no. at all. And, and like I said, I got, I got completely fried on the whole concept. Yeah. So yeah. there had to be a reevaluation of, of why we're doing it and what we're doing it and what the value proposition is. And, and in finding that by taking a few months off and coming back even better than we were before, I feel more energized. I feel invigorated. I feel as though there is that opportunity now to create not only value for the listener, but value for the guest and value from, well, selfishly myself as well. Yeah. So yeah. as the creator, I have to have a value proposition in this game too. And I, I think as creators, we all have to realize that that everybody has to get value out of this entire engagement that we have here whether it's a you're creating reels whether you're doing a 10 minute tiktok show over there or however long they're going to go when they release their podcasting platform or whatever it may be there has to be value driven all the way around the board and without that there's just this empty gap and a hollowness to what we're doing Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, I've been asked like what my strategy is about picking podcasts, specifically on Podmatch. What, what, what type of podcast do I pick? And I'm like, people, they're like, no, well, what's the size or how I'm like, people? It's it's truly just about the creator. Yeah. If I think about what I did right at MTV 25 years ago, um, <laughs> I was out at night. I was out <laughs> at night in New York. So I was social. I was meeting people before they got to my work. So I knew them before they came to MTV. I also made sure that I was hanging out in places where people introduced me to the celebrities that were coming to New York as the guy from MTV, because most of the MTV guys weren't going out to the places where I was hanging out. So yeah. I, I found a way to stand out from my, you know, from my MTV alumni before the, the artist even came to total request live direct effect or whatever, whatever it was. Then I went down and I followed up, you know, the most following up has been like, there's a, People are sometimes afraid. Oh, I have to ask twice. I'm so no. There's so much power and authority in following up, and and that sends and it always has sent a, such a huge message of importance to the cause, as opposed to hey, like I, I work at TV and I have a lot of needs. But if I can come back to you with something and reiterate that this is important, we have to make this happen. This that what is worthy of our time. That I'm I'm repeating myself and bringing it. That the power of a follow up is is. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people are afraid of it. They're, they're scared yeah. of it. Oh, I don't want to bother them. Well, you're, yeah. You're, I, I think if you realize the surprise that people have in the follow-up and seeing this, oh my God, they followed up? That's amazing because yeah. I think that's a lost art these days. 
Yeah. Yeah. They, they, because you, you kind of look at it. Well, because we think of things so linear. It's so we linear and so transactional I, that, that you're not going to follow up if you're not looking to have a relationship. You go, okay, well, it's just a numbers game. Uh, they didn't say anything. All right, gone. All right, move to the next one. All right, gone. Move to the next one. All right, gone. It, yeah. it, it, it's, it's insane. You know, when you open up Chinese fortune cookies, sometimes if you have one, sometimes you say uh, in bed at the end of the fortune and it's supposed to change like the meaning, you know, you're going to do great in life. And then you're supposed to say in bed at the end of it. And it always gives it like a funny context. I hadn't heard that, but I look forward oh, to yeah. trying. Yeah, yeah. So, so by the way, <laughs> next time you're having fortune cookies, just add the words in bed at the end of your fortune. And then please DM me and share with me <laughs> whatever it is. It's just, it's, it's this paradox, this idea of two little words can change the entire meaning of something so i use the words not yet or as of now like i you know we didn't win yet not yet as of now it's it's wins and losses are so temporary i i would never think of a a follow-up as an opportunity to lose momentum or to stop momentum and some people are afraid for following up because if they get the no then they might not follow up again but the no is just a, it's a great signal for how it's not going to work this time. Yeah. And that we should really trust and lean in, like lean in on our strengths. We know we don't need to let everybody else dictate when and how we get discovered. If we, if we put our feet firmly on the ground, especially for early adopters, right? For people on Clubhouse, for example, who, who are early to Clubhouse, if you stood still and you didn't move, then you know what I'm talking about, about not needing to increase your visibility to have, be more visible. All you're doing is stand, you're standing still. In fact, by definition, the, uh, the people around you are doing all, all the hard work, but what you're doing is, is meeting them at a place where, where they find you most valuable. And again, that's like, I think what my example of brand and branding and why aggregators are working right now for me in the, in the world of Google, where if you can get a podcast to stand out in Google, that's that's a pretty big. I mean, look, it, it takes a big social media account and some TikTok algorithm gods and a couple of the right things to, to really grow your brand on social media right now. And again, social media is a centralized platform. Again, it's the same mm-hmm. thing as television. It's one company that owns it. And, and by the way, that company is on the American Stock Exchange and we, the Americans, own it. So it's a vicious cycle of pay and play like we're it's a vicious cycle that we've created for ourselves. podcasting it feels different because we own it you you hear podcasters take their podcasts off spotify because of certain people or add to spotify because of certain voices we have yeah we now realize the power of our story just in alignment and Again, whether, and I like the word podcaster because it calls out to hosts and to guests, you know, by the way, while you weren't recording your, your, while you weren't hosting and recording your podcast episodes, were you guesting on other podcasts? Yeah, I was guesting, sure. That's like, that's the power that we do now. I realize that. (laughs) I was so quick to want a podcast when I realized, wait, the power is in the guesting. Yep. So I did two things. One, I cleared out my space Tuesdays and Thursdays. I guessed. And I, I landed on Podmatch because of because Podmatch has an identifiable amount of people in its audience that I feel very comfortable saying. I think now it's, I think Alex has whittled down to like twelve under fifteen thousand. So if you went to a big school, a big university, fifteen thousand doesn't. I can wrap my head around fifteen thousand creators. If I can make an impact with a couple of hundred of us, and I don't care how many podcasts that is, 
Sure. But if the podcast is, I can make that impact. If I can learn how a hundred new people are creating content, because I already know how a hundred production companies make content. I already know how every cable network makes or made content and continues to whatever. The process for me is what I find most inspiring. And, and, and again, uh, uh, as a guest, I can show up and know that I'm having way more impact, to be honest, even more so than as a host. Um, and one of the things I like to throw out to guests is ask, ask your host if it's possible to have a file afterwards. Like I'm going to do what I can to get people to listen to me on your podcast and I will push people on social and I will do what I can on Google to get my energy over towards your channel where this will live initially. But I also feel like if you want to share this interview with me and I put this interview on my channel, Mm -hmm. but I know my audience would be exposed to it. And I know I feel, I feel very confident saying this with you too, Larry, that they would love you and your perspective and what better way for them to learn and trust you more and have an impact more than to be introduced in my safe space. And what I can do is get more people ultimately to your podcast, ironically, by airing your podcast on my podcast first, because that's where they're looking. So if I can introduce you to the, if I can introduce you to them at a point where they want to be introduced, like, oh, we're going to Vinny's. Can't wait to see who he's got next. Yeah. Story, you know, my facts don't change, the characters don't change, but the story changes based on the host, and you have so much control over that. Yeah, hundred percent. Wow, that's amazing, man, Vinny. I, I I don't know how to wrap this up because we we <laughs> we touched on so many different amazing key points when it comes to content creation, especially. Uh, but a lot of this can be applied to a variety of different perspectives, whether it's content creation, whether it's podcasting, whether it's video production, whether it's building a brand for your business. Uh, a lot of these terms and a lot of these approaches are interchangeable. Uh, they're, they're applicable on a conceptual level. And that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier in yeah. that we're, we're talking at high level concepts here. But as a listener, all we need to be able to do is digest those concepts down and figure out what ideas and, 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 and principles in those concepts apply to us individually. So there's plenty here that you shared with us today for each and every person listening to do exactly that. So in, in closing, what is one more piece that you would leave them with when you start talking about narrowing it down from concepts to application? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I hate to bring up clarity. Geo, genie in a bottle. Yeah. Trust me, you don't want someone else's version of your dream coming true. Trust me. That's trust me. I just promise you, you're not going to be you will not be ultimately fulfilled if a different version of your dream is actualized because you weren't clear enough. And you didn't take inspired action. And ultimately, those two steps, clarity and inspired action, are what, like, it's like, a, it's like the two step to fortitude, to be really honest. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know why it guarantees success. Maybe because I'm not, I'm not creating goals. I'm creating relationships. It's not focused on destinations. It's more the journey. And then as these shows and opportunities come to me, all I'm letting them do is ping against my journey. Where I'm at now in this moment is the version of me that you will get on that show. I'm not going to stop what I'm doing to work on a show. I'm happy to work on a show the way that I'm currently moving. And that momentum that I have as a storyteller, and I can certainly understand how people who have businesses can relate to that as well, who have businesses that have an energy in their own life. So, so clarity and inspired action. If the inspired action for me, it's always about relationships. It's, I hate to say, I, fo- I don't focus on networking. I focus on people. I, but really what it is, is networking. But I just don't think about it like, who do I got to meet to get what I, I think, who do I got to meet to have a better language? To have, wow. To have more outcome 
you know, to be, to, to, to stop asking for what I'm not getting and be happy with what's coming my way. But even more so that that was coming my way is meant to be. And sometimes that's greater than you. Wow. That's amazing, man. I, I couldn't have said it better. And and that's why you, you see us at all these different events. You see us at all these different networking opportunities. And I, I literally, I've been all over the country the last 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. And it's because of those opportunities to network yeah. and meet people, meet like-minded people and interact with them on a level that creates those relationships. And man, I've learned so much and it's been such an enriching process that I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. So Vinny, I got to say thank you so much for joining me here. Where can people reach out to you directly? Oh, yeah. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Thank you very much. Uh, if you if you all go to Larry's Friends and look through Larry's Friends, I don't know how many Vinnies are in your world, but hopefully I stand out. I got a couple, Vinny, but you stand out for sure. Vinny, all right. Vinny with an IE. I got the pink background. You know, I do I do a little thing. You know, I have a little color coding. I, I see where you're going with the reds, and I get that. Um, it's an energy, by the way. Uh, uh, I'm often called in an emergency situ- situation to help people figure out a direction. Um, and what I'd like to say is you don't need to wait until that moment happened to be in my life. In fact, the more I know about you and the, the better I understand what your goals and core are value, the, the better I'll be able to help you. So just reach out and say hi. And I mentioned, I do have a VPE.TV, my creator hub, uh, 99 awards worthy of winning for any creator at any level of their career, uh, 60 creator platforms that are paying. So if you're making content, not just podcasts, but if you're making content on any platform and you're wondering, how do I get brand money? You, you got to put your name on a list for them to find you. And I've got 60 platforms worthy of being on. Uh, how to get your podcast on IMDb, the power of giving credit and getting credit. This is ridiculous. So anything I can do to help you know people stand out, but just say hi. That's where it, that's where it starts because that's there's no end. So just reach out and say hi. <laughs> well, I can't tell you how thankful I am that you and I share a mastermind that we're in together with Alex Sanfilippo, who is the founder and owner of Podmatch, who we brought up a couple of times and the platform we brought up a couple of times here. So if you're listening and you want to get involved in podcasting, you either as a guest, as a host, and no, this is not sponsorship, Alex is just a good friend of mine and I love promoting his platform, head over to Podmatch and check that out. So uh, real quick, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate each and every one of you. If you're a new listener and you found some value, notice that was the driving factor here today. If you found some value in this episode, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button so I can continue to bring you this amazing content each and every week. So until then, remember, you're the boss. You've just listened to You're the Boss with Larry Roberts. Join us for our next episode where we help you achieve your goals and live your absolute best life. Be sure to subscribe, connect, and share. Until next time, remember, you're the boss.